right, guys, welcome to episode two of the Armchair Critics podcast, where we are the underqualified experts. We discuss all things sport, work, and life with little to no background or supporting evidence. Welcome, Sean. Hello, Jack. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, just like to uh, thank everyone out there for tuning into the first episode of the podcast. Been uh, pretty successful the first uh, first few days of uh, of listening. So it was bloody cool getting your messages and people actually listening in little niche parts. Yeah, it got a lot more support than I anticipated. I was pretty sure we'd get three viewers, and that'd be you, you and me, and your lovely mother, Jody. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, feel free to keep sending those messages in, guys. Uh, much appreciated the feedback and uh, and the topic ideas. Except you, Brad Radford. Please uh, just keep it a little bit PG, would ya? Uh, so today uh, we'll jump straight in um, into a bit more cricket chat. So following on from the chat last week um, regarding the Justin Langer coaching fiasco, um, Adam Gilchrist has come out earlier today uh, and said that he thinks that uh, he would suit the England job really well so um as everyone knows or you might know uh chris silverwood got sacked um after the very average ashes series that england had out here they also sacked their batting coach graham thorpe and their bowling coach and whoever their bowling coach was or their fielding coach someone i don't know um so at the moment they've got paul collingwood as their interim coach who was way way down on everyone's list i think um because there were so many guys in front of him not because he's a poor coach or anything but um yeah, i've not a, seen too much of collingwood's coaching career no Does so he coach in the county system i'm not sure i believe he coaches durham or is at least involved or was involved at durham after he retired um but yeah certainly not something anyone saw coming so um yeah interesting i think uh, i think he would be a really good fit for this system because they've got a a side that could probably use a bit of discipline. 100%. That's my first thoughts too. I think there's a, if there's ever a side that's screaming out for a Justin Langer type, it would be England. Like if you look back to when we first hired him, we were in a similar spot of bother and he really transformed how Australia played and went about their cricket. And England kind of needs that direction in my opinion. Yeah, he seems like a kind of a tear the band-aid off kind of coach. Because they're and certainly I think talented. Just, absolutely. And there's talent. A, but there, and there's a lot of young guys kind of coming through the system that probably, you know, giving England have been quite successful um, recently, especially in the white ball games. A lot of guys were coming in without a heap of experience. So I think someone with the international experience of Justin Langer would absolutely add a huge amount of value to a system like that. The only thing I'd be cautious of is his type of personality in that kind of environment, especially now with how the current crop of Aussies are or received his type of coaching, do you think England's younger core might have the same kind of pushback? Or do you think because it's a new guy, new system, this is how it is? Yeah, look, I, I definitely that, that element. Um, but I do think that if England are being real with themselves, I don't know that they really have... I don't know if they I don't know if they have a choice. I don't think they can sit back and go, no, we don't like his style of coaching because he's too harsh. Oh, well, you just batted 10 times in Australia and 14. failed... 14 and 0. And failed to make it past 300 once for the series. That's, like they, that's incredible. Yeah. So, and they only took 20 wickets once for a test match. I think they, they took the 20 wickets in Hobart and that was it. So, you what know, a green they, monster. Yeah. So, they, and they were, they were terrible. Um, and I think they should be looking to, looking for someone with previous international experience. Well, and the, he would be the best on the market at the minute for mind. The fact they couldn't take 20 wickets on that Gabba deck was pretty pretty horrendous in my opinion. They left out their two best bowlers to rest them for the Adelaide test. It's 
so many poor decisions were made that Ashes, but I think definitely for sure Langer would straighten a lot of that up. That's that's his good qualities. Yeah, and given the, their their selection system is quite different to a lot of other countries where they don't have a panel of selectors or that kind of confer with the captain or the coach or both. Their coach picks the side, and that's it. So as really? of yeah, so this as of about, as of about, right as of about a year ago, um, when and Ashley Giles made the change with. Silverwood, um, and said, and there was no selection. So what's Ashley Giles' role there? He is the, or he was, I believe, he's actually stepped down now, um, which wouldn't surprise me. But the um, the director of men's cricket, and he put the um, the guidelines in place so that the coach is the sole selector. Which, what's your thoughts on that? I don't love that. Hate it. Yeah. Hate, I can't stand it because then because that can be quite a big well yeah big issue. Yep, absolutely. So and you know what he's looking for might not necessarily be what they need to be looking for and without someone to bounce the ideas off you're never going to know that kind of sets it up to have one bloke as your scapegoat yep in this case Silverwood literally exactly what's happened they've got they've looked at the series and gone whose fault is it that we picked the wrong blokes every test Silverwood out your heart see you brother so uh, yeah I think Justin Langer's the best experienced coach on the market there's a couple of other factors to weigh up whether he'd even want another international gig especially abroad Especially for England, and yeah, and the arch enemy. I, I do believe that he's he, quite patriotic. He's, he's a very, very proud Australian, and I, I can't honestly. The the offer would have to be pretty good. Can you see I him think. going back to the Western Australian coach, or do you reckon he'll have a rest? I think Voges is doing a pretty good job over there. They've been quite successful for a while. They've just won another Big Bash title for, with the Perth Scorchers, which we touched on last week. Um, but so I no go I I yeah, go the heat no so I, I don't see him going back in there um, I, yeah I don't really know where he fits I wouldn't be surprised if he just takes a break he might even end up landing um, a position over in the IPL potentially I see uh, Simon Kadic stepped down from his assistant coach role with Sunrises yesterday again because he didn't want to spend any time away from home that's fair I can totally understand that especially over the last couple of years with the COVID yeah. It so, must get it must get old quarantining and stuff, being yeah. in different countries, different oh, rules everywhere you go, without a doubt. So, um, look, I'm not saying specifically there, but there there will be, I'm sure there'll be opportunities for someone of his caliber, PSL, um, if he wants it. So, yeah. I think that will be the biggest thing is whether he actually even wants. Do you to go think back. England, knowing Justin Langer's love for LinkedIn, will post a LinkedIn job ad? Yeah, they might do. They might. Uh, yeah, can you send DMs on uh, on LinkedIn? You, you can might just slide into his DMs. They are they are very formal DMs, but that is possible. Yeah. So uh, actually, following on from the coach thing, I, I see there's been um, quite a public backing for Andrew McDonald in the last couple of days, especially from the players, the current players. Um, as oh, to, that looks good, doesn't it? Oh, it looks horrific. <laughs> a couple of guys coming out and saying, you know, his coaching style is, you know, fits really well with us, and he gets along with everyone, and his coaching style just really fits us to a T. And I'm thinking, oh goodness, where was this a week ago? Fucking sport politics, my oh, god, hell. So, I, to clarify, nothing against Andrew McDonald, obviously. No, it's but just, just horrendous. How, look. how poorly the whole thing has been handled. And it is the the saga just keeps seems to indirectly be dragging on. So, I wonder how Langer's and McDonald's relationship was before all this. Yeah, I'm not sure. They seem like very different characters. Yeah, um, but they've been very successful together. And uh, Andrew McDonald um, was the coach of that Renegade side when they won the Big Bash. Yep. 
and then he left the following summer to take the assistant coach job with Australia. Yeah, and right. since then, the Renegades have been Did he ever coach absolute Vic? hot garbage. Yep. yep. And so at the same time that he was coaching Vic, he was coaching the Renegades and then stepped left away. Left both for us. Left both to be the, the Australian assistant coach. Um, so he's obviously got quite a good track record there. Of, yeah. You know, following... Look, you know, win because Vic following him around that time. Vic was going great in the Shield as well. Yeah, so um, very successful. Already has been in very early early doors in his coaching career. But does, does and it, I hope he does well. I really do. Does this but. keep Marcus Harris's selection can, going on and on and on? God, I hope not. Me I've, too. I've had a gutful. So, uh, following on from that, uh, the current T Twenty series between Australia and Sri Lanka. Um, we've seen, obviously, with Smith um, missing the last couple of games after taking that head knock in the field. That was um, an unbelievable effort. One of the most unbelievable efforts in the field For I've six. seen. I know I feel, it feels <laughs> like we say that just about every week when we watch game cricket, like, but I it did was not phenomenal. No smudge was that athletic. Yeah, so, I mean, you can kind of... I guess we don't get to see him in the outfield that much. No, he's just spurging he, his way at second slip. So, but, I mean, in the end, that was unbelievable. But anyway, so we've seen Finch drop down the order to bat three so i don't love that which, no which i hate I, I, think. I think if you don't open him don't pick him it's yeah. actually a waste of someone else's spot who bats midwater better yeah but so, i think when the bison's playing often that's his spot yeah well we're seeing at the moment with warner and marsh both not playing at the moment it's kind of opened up a little bit more opportunity for some others like ben mcdermott ashton agar at the top ashton agar at the top honestly don't really know what the heck is going on there it's just seems completely bizarre to me but anyway why you'd want to waste these opportunities on a guy that you know is not going to open at the World Cup, I don't quite understand. Um, but you look at it, you've got Warner, Maxwell, Marsh, Stoinis and Wade that I believe are the five locks in our T20 top order. I'd love to see a bit of Josh Inglis. He's taken his opportunity very well. Yeah. He's which, looked a million bucks. So, and it, 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 really, it really does seem like he is going to be the other one. And it really seems, and this is not a debate that I thought we'd have a year ago between Finch and Smith for the last spot. And I, I really do think that Finch takes that because he's an opener. He just needs to, we've got about a thousand T20s before the World Cup apparently. I firmly disagree. I think he needs, him and Warner opening, left, right hand, both aggressive. Finch has got a good track record. Why don't you just open McDermott? Do you want me to pull McDermott's stats up? I don't want this to be an anti-Ben McDermott podcast, but... I would, I mean, I'd rather have a smudge in the middle order and McDermott up top than a Finch who's been pretty poor lately up the top. I think it's time to move on. So you reckon smudge plays? I'd, I'd pick smudge. And what, Inglis opens? All Ben McDermott. No, well, you don't have room for all of them. That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah. So if, if we are assuming that Inglis will play, because I, I, okay. I think he's looked really good. Okay, yes, I'd open with Inglis then. Yep. Okay, you still uh, don't hate that. You still get that left-right-hand combination. They both play quite differently. Um, David Warner, obviously very aggressive hitting in front of the wicket. Um, Inglis has got a bit more of a 360 game. Mm. He ramps, um, likes to reverse reverse like Warner does, but very much likes giving himself room to go over the offside, whereas Warner is probably more of, if it's wide, slash it, otherwise I'm going to take you straight. Yeah. So two different players, you've got to bowl two completely different styles to them. Tricky matchup. But that's a little bit what Finch brings to. He is a 
step away, give myself width, hit over the offside. Yeah, inside out. Very, very dominating, strong player. Right on off spin, it has to go. Yeah, yeah. If it's right arm spin and it's not turning, it has to go. So, um, and I, and the other factor, obviously, is that he's the captain. So, I, we... Pick we, your best players. I don't care if they're captain or not. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't disagree with that because I think there are some other good candidates. Glenn Maxwell, I think, would be an excellent captain of Australia. Fridge hates your Glenn Maxwell opinions. Well, I'm, I haven't always got, been the biggest Glenn Maxwell fan, I got, but I am coming around. He got he absolutely toasted me at the casino last night for about 15 minutes about how you're so wrong about Glenn Maxwell. He what, hates he hates him. And look, I can see why, but oh, I don't. I I seriously think oh no, because last week I said that he was probably the most talented cricketer yeah. in Australia, mate. Um, I'll, 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 I'll stand by that. Did anyone see the run out the other night? Oh, my word. What about his two drop catches in that T20? No, nah, no, we're not worrying about that. We're worrying about this run out where he foxed the bloke into two and ran him out by half the pitch. <laughs> Direct hit from the from the fence. So, I don't know. Plenty up, plenty up for debate in that top order. They've come out and said that they really think that having a strong six and seven is really important to finish games. So, they're pretty set on a Stoinis Wade six and seven. Yeah, and that worked at the World Cup too. Yeah. So, I think then having a middle order with Maxwell and Inglis, two very good players of spin mm. that play 360, I think is a good option to have there in the middle. Maybe at four and five or even three and four, whatever. So, you really don't see Smudge fitting in, do you? I don't know. Uh so Bison really has don't. to be Bison has to be three in my opinion. Yep. Sorry. So Maxwell play. Uh, sorry. Marsh plays at three. Yeah. Then you've got English Maxwell or Maxwell English depending on the situation of the game. Yep. Either or. Warner is opening. You've then got a spot to toss up. I still do firmly believe it's Finch. Damn it. I just it, it just looks to me like I don't I don't know whether they'd want to take someone like him into a World Cup and leave out, not so much that, but leave out someone with so much experience on the world stage. In a World Cup, though, they will play different teams. And they've shown that they're not scared to rotate. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think they probably will play both. Yeah. Well, ideal, oh, I would. But in, in, in our ideal team, if they both performed evenly, I'd probably take McDermott. But you know more about cricket than I do. Yeah, look, and I mean, it is a home World Cup too, and McDermott's proven to be quite good in home conditions, but other than one knock in this series, he's, I actually think he's looked... I'm going to count I don't, it. It, it kind of looks like he he just needs to play his own game. He absolutely dominates in the big bash, and this is like against good players, right? But he just he looks so free and so calm in his own head in the big bash, and then he gets to the national stage, and he looks a little panicky. He looks I'm, like he runs himself out of time. I'm going to contradict myself and say we, I'm still a McDermott all the way, but you need to take the BBL stats with a grain of salt because some of the BBL teams are fucking garbage. Yeah, and obviously I do agree with that. And you can't take, um, you know, it's not gospel at the end of the day. It is still a massive step up. But I, I, he's had enough. He's played 20 T20 internationals for Australia. Yeah. And, and still hasn't cemented a spot. That's a lot of games. Yeah, that's fair. Um, just while we're on T20s, that Agar stat from this series is pretty unbelievable. It's yeah. balled 48 balls without conceding a boundary in yeah. T20 cricket. So in Consecutive, the fo- sorry. Yep, in the 48 balls that he's bowled in the series, he's not conceded it any more than a single off any particular ball. That's unbelievable. So dots and ones for 48 balls and obviously wickets. So, so and, and it actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think he plays the first game of the World Cup. I'm not the world's biggest... Agar fan either, but that's 
hey, kudos where it's, where it's due. I am. See, I, look, I reckon he's a good player to have come in at number eight. He's an absolute gun in the field, and he's stingy as hell with the ball. Just, yep. He just doesn't give him away. So no, I'm sold now. But I, also, but I also don't know how he fits, because Zampa is the best spinner in the country, limited over spinner in the country. Mm-hmm. I don't, so I don't then, what do you? And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure that they're going to be like spinning you, conditions yeah, to I was warrant say, picking two. Australia, like you've got Maxwell to bowl a bit of spin if you need it, but then how you fit, like you got to come and Stark Hazelwood quick lineup with the Richardsons on the bench, pretty unbelievable, and, and Daniel Sam's on the bench I suppose as well if you needed another left take, armor or take whatever. him out. But I just don't see Agar fitting, which is stiff as because he's a walk up start for any other country in the world, and he's going to have to. Uh, run drinks and warm the pine, I think, in the World Cup, which is a shame because he's a good cricketer and I like him. So, um, Moving on to our uh, much-loved segment from last week, overrated, underrated, with a new lot of topics. So I'll kick us off, Sean. Avocado. Underrated. Massively underrated. It I slaps. do tend to agree. We were actually just talking about this off-air. Yep. Chicken, cheese, and avocado <laughs> toasted sandwiches. I'm not sure you can beat it. Just sprinkle a bit of pepper on. You're laughing. Mate, it's just unbelievable. Hard to stuff up, but goodness, it's so good. Well, you don't... Yeah. The only gripe I have against avocados is their window of opportunity for perfectness. Yeah, and the, uh, the amount of times that you buy ones that look really good on the outside and you open it up and it's 75% shit on the inside. You just go, <laughs> oh, this is frustrating. I paid $15 for this avocado. <laughs> That's why us young people can't get mortgages if you ask a certain politician. Yeah, exactly right. Too many almond lattes and smashed avos. Yeah. Piss off. Um, next one I've got for you is a suburb. Corumban. Don't know enough about it. I'm going to say perfectly rated. Don't venture down south too often. Um, David, I don't know. Seems like a perfectly nice place. The Pine Beach Corumban kind of area seems pretty nice. There's certainly a lot of appeal living by the beach, but I think a lot of people know that. So I'm going to say perfectly rated. Uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Overrated. It is massively overrated. I just can't get around it. I, I winced saying that for those. You can't see me face, but oh, that, that hurt to say. Please, but it just, give, me, it, give me a Lakers-Knicks game on a Sunday over it, this All-Star garbage. It just gets worse and worse every year. And part of that falls on the players. Like, they don't play the game properly. So, it's it's everyone knows that All-Star game, right? You get there, you get all the big names. They're probably all playing hungover. They all get the week off. They all send it. And no one plays defense. Everyone mucks around. I can't I can't get into it. Yeah, and I actually think it's it's semi not disrespectful to some of the players, but it doesn't properly represent their value. Like guys like Rudy Gobert and Draymond Green, who would get picked because they are two of the best defensive players in the game. They are actual liabilities in an all-star game. The other thing it does gripe with me as well, this is going to be a little bit nerdy, but certain contracts for NBA players have kick-ons for all-stars appearances and selections. Even, even though half the voting is counted by the public. Yeah. So Andrew Wiggins is a like an all-star starter and he's maybe the fourth best player on his team. And Luka Doncic isn't. Both from the same conference. Yeah. Same position. Tell me how that works. Oh. So, yeah. No, and then Clay was like high in the votes and he hadn't played a game for nearly two years. Yeah. 
so ridiculous. Yep. Derek Rose is constantly up there in all-star voting still. Shout out D. Rose, but, yeah. you know. He, uh, again, he's been injured nearly the whole year. There's so not going to be much so. D. Rose slender here, and that's probably where we're going to draw the line. All right, my next topic for you, Corduroy. Uh, overrated. Um, I'm personally not a Corduroy fan. No, I don't, not the hats, not shorts, not pants. So... Not Insulting. Nah, nah, it's not me. so good. Yeah, nah. Nothing nah. looks. If you get a good corduroy print, you look a million dollars every time. I reckon you look like you've been pulled out of the suburbs surrounding no, Byron Bay, man. Come on. Cord hats, too, like the cord snapbacks. They're good. We're going to have to agree to disagree here, Sean. Uh, mint chocolate. Massively underrated. Massively underrated. People shit on mint chocolate all the time. It is delightful. The cold spice. It's good. Mate, mint slices, favourite chocolate of all time. Mint slice, tip. Put them in the freezer. In the freezer. You told me this a couple of weeks ago and I've started it and it is just, it is it hits different. So this it intensifies the cool spice you get from the mint, but the chocolate's still good and you, you don't hoe it down. It lasts longer. Yeah, and you don't get the melted chocolate all over your fingers. Nah. It's crisp and oh my God, underrated, massively underrated. All right, I've got a pretty boring one for you. Just in general, the beach. I am going to say that it is slightly overrated. Okay, explain your decision. I am not a massive beach person. Don't look. There are a lot of other things that I would rather do than go to the beach. Perfectly, per, to be perfectly honest, I actually think it's quite boring. Oh, if you're not like, if I'm not going down to. Like for a swim or something. Like if I'll, I'll go down for a swim, fine. But I don't know. It just seems it's a lot of effort. It's a long way to go for us. It's like a fifteen or twenty minute drive. Yeah, massively long way. <laughs> but I just, that is so privileged. Oh, it is. That's a first world problem, isn't it? <laughs> oh my goodness. Not walking three hours to get water. <laughs> but yeah, no. Look, I and I love going to the beach on holidays when I've got nothing else to do. I'll go down and sit on the beach, or I'll go for a swim, go for a paddle, whatever. But like in regular life, when I've got two days off a week, Are you a supporter. A what? A stand-up paddleboarder? No, mate. No, not at all. I don't have the coordination for that. Okay, no yeah, worries. Nah. So, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It's not, not something that particularly tickles my fancy. I understand the appeal. Totally get it. But when I've only got two days off a week, I'm not spending three hours at the beach. All right, that's fair. I'll, I can live with that. I, I tend to agree. I think it's underrated. In saying that... Underrated never, or overrated? Underrated. Oh, I said overrated. That's, oh, I tend to disagree. <laughs> Part of my English. Good one, Sean. C minus your 12. Nice, dude. Uh, next one for you, Birkenstocks. Ooh, probably perfectly rated. I wouldn't wear them myself. I don't really have feet that are worthy of showing at all. I have no ankles, so the more I can cover up, the better. That's fair. Uh, I also do think that they are perfectly rated. Um, I don't particularly love the look of Birkenstocks on my feet, personally. Yeah. So I do have a small amount of Birk envy, I think. I look at Birk other, envy? I do look at people thinking... No, nah, they look all right. And then I try them on when I go to the shops and go, oh, I cannot get around that yeah. whatsoever. I've got bricks for feet, so they're no good. Yeah. But, Burks, socks on or off? Nah, no socks, mate. Nah. Gross. Uh, so, socks and slides? I'm okay with that. Nah. Oh, oh we're going to butt heads here. All right, my next topic for you is sourdough bread. Underrated. I love sourdough bread. Like, I love sourdough in general. I think it's overrated. Oh, no. The, every time I come to your house, I can I see a loaf of sourdough. You no, have to, we have Turkish bread here, not sourdough. Oh, well, sourdough. Know your breads. Just hit Harry up. He'll 
show you a list of breads. That ain't sourdough, brother. Uh, either way, sourdough bread, overrated. Nah, sourdough is underrated. Turkish bread is also underrated. No, Turkish bread. And we'll say that for another time, but oh. it's also overrated. The fact you have to cut it yourself, that can fuck off. Oh, right, I missed the first world problems. <laughs> uh, my I'm next paying, one. My I'm paying for bread. Slice the motherfucker up. Nah, it's just so much better. The flavour and, oh, and what? To- Turkish bread or sourdough toasted, bit of avo, poached egg or scrambled eggs on top, bit of hollandaise. Mate, get around that. Uh, my next one and last one for you, Starbucks. Overrated. Um, in Australia though, I had it over in Europe and it wasn't too bad, but for some reason, they fuck it up here. And this, the Starbucks in Brisbane when I used to work up there consistently got more water wrong. <laughs> oh my goodness. How? Like, I get an oat mocha usually. Well, there's your issue. And sometimes an extra shot. There was my first time I got a long black. I was like, this is not even close to what I ordered. Where's the milk? And then every other time it'd be like, there'd be a shot missing or it'd be the wrong milk. And like, they'd say it to me like, oh, Almond mocha, I'm like, just give me the fucking coffee. Whatever. I, I'm, I th- not, I'm not that fast. I think Starbucks coffee is massively overrated. I think it... I don't think it's, it's not strong enough. The But the the Starbucks, like, franchise is massively underrated. What? Yeah. They have a huge footprint everywhere, and they nearly have, like, a cult following of people. They bring out these new exotic drinks with fucking hibiscus fluid and... Cinnamon ginger nut swirls, and people just go, "Oh yeah, I'll pay eleven bucks for that." Massive, so, massive. So following. you just like their business model? Their business model is outstanding. Their coffee hums. It sucks, mate. It's so. Is bad. that a bit like Macca's and how their their business is actually in the real property? Est- yeah, in real estate. Yeah, it's similar to that. Food sucks. Business plan. Oh, proper good. Filet fish are pretty good. Oh my god, no. Filet fish mate. after a night out fixes all all your problems. All right. Moving on from the most the best burger of all time, we'll move over to your last overrated, underrated, the Office TV show, US. I think, oh god, this is going. I think it's overrated. So, but the humour on there is outstanding. Right, it is funny. It is genuinely hilarious. But the whole structure, the way that the TV show runs, where it's a lot of like one-on-one interviews and stuff like that, I just I I, I tried and I couldn't get into it. Really, you didn't? So you didn't like when Jim like would pan over to the camera? No, like what? I just can't, I can't get around it. I thought that like and I, I watch a lot of the videos on like when I'm scrolling through my feed and stuff and get caught in a you know three-hour stream worth of. Um, the office memes and shit, but I just, and, the, and it is funny. The three minute clips and stuff, it is hilarious, right? You know, Dwight doing the fire drill and stuff and <laughs> the best mate dropping the chili. The best one is Jim's pranks on Dwight, but the one with the telephone. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah. and he, oh, yeah. Puts, he puts the pennies in the phone and <laughs> eventually takes them all out. <laughs> so it is funny, I, but the actual structure of the TV show, I hate, can't stand it. So I'm going to say slightly overrated. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty close. I'm per- I think it's perfectly rated. Yeah. It's not the best TV series, but it is pretty good for a cheap laugh. Yeah. No, I'll allow that. I'm okay I think the that. UK one is underrated, though. The original with Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais yeah. David Brent. I haven't actually seen it, so I can't comment there. That's fair. 
Uh, moving on, we're actually going to do, uh, obviously in reference to the All-Star uh, weekend, being this weekend, um, the game is, uh, I believe, tomorrow, Australia time, Monday, Australia time. Yeah, it's, it'll be, it's Sunday their time, so it'll yeah. be Monday hours. So we're going to do a bit of an All-Star draft. So, um, which so, could be quite interesting because there's some reasonably polarizing figures on the list. So, for the purposes of this draft, for those following at home, we will not be selecting the injured players. So, it'll be the only the actual players. So, the players that are actually playing yeah. tomorrow. So, Durant, Draymond Green, Harden, and James Harden, are all, are all not in this. They've been replaced by Jared Allen, uh, Lamelo, Lamelo, and Dejounte Murray. So, uh, which in itself. I think Murray's pretty niche to get in there. Yeah, no, I rate him. So he's one of the... Uh, I actually looked up this stat the other day that he is the only player in NBA history to average 19 points, nine assists, eight boards, and two steals in a season. It's very well-rounded, isn't it? It is a very well-rounded And he still game. can't shoot threes. No, but he's, he's improved his offensive game. He is shooting a better percentage from three and from two and from the line. He's averaging career high in points, rebounds, assists... And steals, and he's got the Spurs semi back relevant again. Mm, really. That's a that's a long bow, Jack. It is a massive bow. Sorry, guys. All right. So with the first pick of the Armchair Critics All Star Draft, who do you select? I am selecting LeBron James, easiest pick of all time. Well, I'll be selecting Giannis. That is very fair. I figured you'd uh, take him off the board next. Uh, I'm going to go with my second pick, the third overall, Joel Embiid. Excellent. I'll take Jokic. I was really hoping he didn't say Jokic. I had Jokic quite low on my uh, selection list, actually. Uh, I'm going Is to... MVP this year? That's very fair. That's very fair. I'm thinking about how his game translates into the All-Star game, though. So, I'm... Um, yeah, nah. Although, it probably would translate quite well on second court. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Steph Curry... With my third pick, fifth overall. All right, I'm going to take Jason Tatum. Wow, I also had him quite low on my list. This is all coming up Millhouse, baby. Uh, I am going to take... Um, uh, I will take Jar Morant. <laughs> As soon as I spat out Tatum, I was like, I forgot Jar was on the board. He is probably he, one of my favourite players to watch at the minute. He his, is box office. And his game is going to translate perfectly. I can't believe I missed that. That's my, th- my He's going to get that many big 360 windmill dunks. Mate. He's going to be unbelievable. He'll dunk on everyone. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to watch him dunk I, on Jared I, Allen again. I have, yeah. I have this theory, though. Small market team player. He's going to come out and brain it tomorrow. Yeah. Chip on his shoulder. Didn't get rookie of the year. Um, I'm going to take Trey Young. Wow. Right, I also had him very low on my I list, need a shooter. But yeah, I do know why you've done that though. Uh, I am going to take... I am going to... I know what you're going <laughs> to do. Could, I could stitch you up. I couldn't <laughs> probably hear. Uh, I'm going to take DeMar DeRozan, who recently uh, had just broke a Wilt Chamberlain record, which doesn't really happen all that often. Uh Seven straight games, averaging 35 or more on 50% shooting or better for a guard. I'd love to know how many mid-range shots he took in there. 
500. Yeah. How many threes? Three games. Three games. <laughs> Seriously, he is just absolutely braining at the minute. So, and Chicago, if they're not first in the East, no, nah, East they is tight. Are close. The top six, I think, is within like three games of each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The East is getting better as a conference. It used to be the West and the joke of the East, but now it's quite level. Yeah. But I still think the three best teams are in the West. Yep. Well, I th- I think that my two favourites would be. Actually, no, I just actually I take that back. I just the two best teams are in the West: Phoenix, Golden State. Yeah, and then I think the Bucks are third. Yeah. Not on, they're definitely not on record, but I still think by the like they'll get everyone back before the playoffs. They are still the team. Are, to are they going to get Brook Lopez? I don't think so. I think that's why they traded for Surge last week. I just think that they think that they're not going to get him back. So they did trade away a bit of their wing depth. And then Pat Connaughton broke his hand the same day they, tra- they traded DiVincenzo. <laughs> so that's... I don't know. Uh, they might actually... Goran Dragic just got bought out. So I wouldn't be surprised if he signs with a contender in the next couple of days. And I'm sure the Bucks will be pushing pretty hard for that. All right. I'm taking the first pick of the reserves. Uh, you, you also get Wiggins. Yeah. That, when I'm talking about Wiggins, <laughs> he shouldn't be there. Anyway, I'll take CP3. Yep. That's a good pick. That is a good pick. Box office. Actually, before you progress, so my starting five for the All-Star game is probably getting it wiped off the court just looking at it. So I've got Giannis, Tatum, Trey Young, Wiggins, and Jokic. So I got, I'm got. i going to have Jar running the point. All right, so you're probably beating Trey. Steph Curry at shooting guard. That's gross. DeMar at small forward. No, I'm feeling better now. LeBron at power forward. Mm. And Embiid at centre. Embiid versus Jokic should be a good watch. Oh, goodness. Everyone else clear out of the way. Give me a one-on-one there, <laughs> yeah. please. In the paint only. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've taken CP3. Who right. are you going to take? Righto. Uh, I am going to take uh, Luka Doncic. I reckon he's going to be the most lacklustre guy tomorrow. Probably. And if there's money on who's going to be the most hungover before the game, I'm putting my dollars on Luka Doncic. He's, yeah. he, he's already a horrendous defender in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, I don't I've never seen anyone's defense get better on All Star Weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Second pick. I'm going to take Zach Levine. Again, more for the box office stuff. Big yeah. boy dunks. He's actually improved quite a lot the last couple of years. Yeah. No, that's definitely fair. Uh. All right. Well, give me. And I actually should have picked this bloke first. Uh. Devin. Booker. Yeah, I was just looking at him then. Best player on the best team in the comp. He is killing it. I think he's a little stiff not to start, considering Wiggins is. Oh No, well, Wiggins has been... Um, uh, I think as they've technically classed him as a forward, which means he was competing with... And actually, they probably had Doncic as a guard too. Doncic was a guard, yeah. So, you know, you then look at that. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell then as well. So, you know... But, you know, Cat uh, would have been classed as a forward. Really? Surely. They don't really do centres anymore, do they? Yeah. Oh, do they? Oh. I nah. Thought, oh, I thought they scrapped that. Nah, I thought I they just think, do nah, two guards, th- three forwards. Yeah, I think they did scrap it. So, oh, give me a spell there. But, yeah, anyway. Um, I'm going to take... I just had this. Jimmy Butler. <sighs> he was going next. That's bad news. I love me a bit of Jimmy Buckets. I don't particularly love him. But I respect, respect the man. No. Pay the man. All right, yeah, absolutely. I liked uh, there was a quote last year, or actually no, the year that they made the finals with Eric Spolstra going, you know, 
you can't necessarily judge a max player by the box office uh the box office their box score it's just not always representative well, well no like since he left philly they're still looking for someone to bring the the run the half court yeah and then you look at someone like miami who were kind of just middling you know they were finishing seventh to tenth it's not all jimmy but he's been a big part of it but and, been and they're dra- the, they've drafted well the development picks. of um, yeah. bam then they had they ben, found Tyler two Hero. guys Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn. That Duncan year. Robinson's handy. Duncan Robinson. He is the um I saw this stat the other day. He is the fastest player ever to two, three, four, five, six, and seven hundred career threes. So he's currently like and this is by games played. So this is, you know, he's ahead of guys like Steph and Dame and Buddy Heald actually who did him quite quickly. Which is niche because like Steph and Dame run the ball up. They can jack shots whenever they want. Where Duncan's probably posted up in the corner. He is an undrafted dude who stands in the corner and bangs him at about forty three percent. He's just killing on it. high volume. Massive volume. Shoots not twelve a game. It's just what did, just quickly, what did you think of the uh the online talk of people trying to get Tyler Hero into the all star game? He's overrated, I think. He's just having a good year. I think the, he's not yeah. an all star though. I oh, know I agree. I, I think he was massively impressive his first year. Last year he was a little bit eh. His first year was probably exemplified as well. He was the thirteenth pick. Yeah, got a bit of second year syndrome, didn't he? Yeah. Sophomore syndrome. But he's just, been good this year. He's been back. very good this year. Massive piece for them. With and they've got a very good record, and they've had a lot of guys out. Jimmy Butler's missed games. Bam's missed games. They've only played their full strength team, I think, like three times yeah, this so. season so far, which is pretty nuts. And Bam's a massive fifty games in. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, with my third, I am going Carl Anthony Towns. That was my next pick. Yeah, I think uh, I think he'll just dominate the big game with the uh, with the bench guys. You can you know draw guys like Gobert or Jared Allen out to the three point line. And uh, and he'll bang him. He won the three point contest yesterday. So I'm going my boy from the Cavs, Darius Garland. You don't want Jared Allen? I don't want Jared Allen. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> no, that's fair. Garland uh, career year. He's uh, absolutely killing it again. Um, Cavs have been rocked by injuries a bit this year. Like losing Sexton early, they lost Rubio early. Pretty much carries their offense. But we be, found Evan Mobley. Yeah. He's amazing. He is amazing. So, um, all right. Well, with my next pick, uh, I am going to go Lamelo Ball. Again, Interesting. Literally just for box office. I think I actually thought it was outrageous that he wasn't in it to start with. So he was only in as a, a uh, replacement player for Durant. Uh, I reckon he's been awesome this year. For a Hornets team that aren't that good, to be you know around that six seven seed, I think is uh, their ninth. Really? Yep. Uh, it's all pretty close. One more win and they'll be fifth. <laughs> Stop fact checking me, Sean. You prick. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fair. I I actually thought at the start of the year he wasn't their best player. Bridges was going off his brain, but he's yeah, kind of mellowed is, out a bit. Still is, but I, I just think Lamelo runs a lot of their offense. Yeah, for sure, and he definitely has probably the best social media going around in the yeah. NBA. Him and, and him and Embiid. <laughs> I think um, he Hornets have just about the number one ranked offense in the league for like points per game, and the thirtieth best defense probably. And, no, they're not. They're like twenty seventh. <laughs> But they do. They put up nearly 120 a game. It's, ri- it's, it's ridiculous. Outrageous. And he drives a lot of that. So Yeah. No, he's yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Big fan. 
It's on you, big fella. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a conundrum. I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, that's very fair. Good he, um, he has been killing it recently. The Jazz has been, also been hit with injuries. Oh, oh, he's a pretty box office. He's got hops. But his efficiency in the last like 10 games has just been ridiculous. There was a game the other day where he only put up like 14 or 15 shots and had like, 37 or something. Just look, hardly missing. Could not miss. And when he's on tour, he looks unbelievable. He's unbelievable to watch. Yeah. So he, he can pop him from anywhere. He's driving to the hoops. Unbelievable. He's good. All right. I tell you what, there is not a lot of size going no. on here. I was going. I was looking at the reserves. I'm like, I refuse to take Jared Allen or Rudy Gobert before the very end. Um, and the rest is like people at between six foot and six foot eight. No, not even that. All right. I'm going to take... Guy I was talking about earlier, Dejounte Murray. Perfect. So I had no intention of taking him whatsoever. Perfect. I know who you're going with here. For those who know me, you know my affection for this man. I've been saying for the last five years that Chris Middleton is better than Demar Derozan, and I've been getting a lot of revenge back. The people have been getting a lot of revenge on me now that Demar's having a good year, but I'll be taking Cash Money Chris. Cash, the money walking bucket, Chris, the third best player on the Bucks. That's fair. I, I will. I do love Cash Money Chris, but I tend to agree that he is not their second best player this year, as Drew Holiday has been quite, quite good, and he has not been good this year. Chris, yeah. he's been okay. But he's had a bit too many games where he goes 3 of 12 and scores 12 points. Not quite his normal efficient self, really, is he? But um, still, oh. He's still pushing close to a 50-40-90. Yeah. As he does every funny, year. Funny standards that we hold for him now, isn't it? No, mm. he's only 48, 38, and 89. His fucking oh. second round draft pick. Far out. Uh, all right. Well, I am going to go the pretty obvious choice from here and give me a bit of Fred Van Vliet. I, uh, I was pretty critical, actually, of him getting into the All-Star game, not having tuned into a whole heap of Toronto games because at the time that these teams were announced, they were stinking it up, or so I thought. And then I looked at his stats, and he averaged 30 and 10 he's in had, December. He's had a great year for Fred Van Vliet standards, but I would have had Lamella Ball in there before him. But it was pretty close. They were splitting hairs, really, between those two. And I agree. Potentially and, Drew Holiday as well. Yeah, and Toronto had a better record, so... Um, they have a Fred Van Vliet is actually leading the league in minutes per game. I was about to say, they have a six-and-a-half-man rotation. Well, actually, we were talking ridiculous. about this the other day. So Van Vliet, Siakam, and Ananobi, and who all play for the Raptors, are first, second, and third in minutes. The rookie, Scotty, Scotty Barnes, Barnes, my boy. Love him. Love his game. Is 10th in the league. And their other starter, Gary Trent Jr., uh, is in the top 30. He's not even a good NBA player. Oh, goodness me. So, seriously, and they only use one, maybe two players off the bench every day. So, Just a real quick question. Gary Trent Jr., is that two first names or does the junior nope. sort it out? No, nope, that is two first names. Can't trust him. Excellent. All right, so is it just the two big men left? It is the two bigs. I'm... Sticking to my boys from the Cavs, I'll be taking Jared Allen. You can have Rudy Gobert. I have no interest in Rudy Gobert whatsoever yeah. in an all-star game. However, niche little stat, Rudy Gobert has shot 88% in all-star games in his career and had 31 points, and I assume that's been 15 dunks and a failed free throw. Well, I reckon then that I'm going to start Rudy Gobert in my starting lineup, and he is the only one taking shots. So, Excellent. 88%, baby. We'll jack up 200 dunks and... Uh, Wiped off the floor. No, uh, 200 dunks might not be enough. <laughs> He's starting. 
nah, so pretty good. I'm pretty, uh, I don't know about you, I'm pretty happy. If I had my time over, I reckon I would have taken fewer guards first. Yeah, see, the only thing I would have changed in the starters is when I took Tatum, I probably would have taken Jar. That's about yeah. it. But, I mean, I am also lacking a bit of size. I've got two undersized guards. You've got Cat though off the bench. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, which is fine. Bit of size, but then I've got, oh, Lamelo but and Doncic. Bro, but on. I would have I would have tried. I probably, on, I probably wanted I probably wanted Butler, man. I love him. I love his game. Sorry, dude. Jimmy Buckets is my big pillar. Yeah. <laughs> Starting center. So uh no, pretty happy. Uh I think that'd be a pretty good game. So be interesting to see how different that was actually to the uh LeBron and Durant drafted game. But um that was hilarious, though. That was A grade TV. Kevin Durant picking hard and ended last. up getting stuck. Oh, no, he didn't. No, it was uh, between Harden and Gobert for the last pick. And LeBron and Durant, took... and No, and Durant had the, the second last pick. And Durant goes, um, it's something that we really value in the All-Star game is defense and size. Give me Rudy Gobert. He said it with a straight face. Oh, goodness. And this is while everyone else was absolutely losing the, the whole plot. Panel. The whole panel. LeBron. LeBron all losing the plot. And he was just straight faces ever. How many tweets do you reckon he put out across his various burner accounts? Oh, 74. There would have been, yeah, it would have been racking them up. Had eight phones on the go at once. So, uh, yeah, all right. Well, uh, what we'll get into now um, is a, we'll do a quick review on the NRL trials that started uh, yeah, this so week or last week. So, over the last week or so, the NRL preseason's kicked off, which is usually pretty non eventful, but there's been a couple of interesting things that have popped up. Um, the Broncos played Wyndham. Um, which is a Q Cup team, and it was an overwhelming win for the Broncos. But it's not so much about the score, it's more about the players that and how they perform. So um, the coach came out, uh, Kevin Walters came out this year and said the only four positions that are locked in is uh, Adam Reynolds, Payne Haas, Kurt Capel, and Katoni Stagg. So there's a lot of guys playing for their spots. And um, Walters' kid played unbelievable. Billy Billy Walters? Billy Walters. Yeah, so he's, they picked recently, him back. Recently signed back from yeah, the West Tigers. Tigers. Um, DMC yeah upgraded from a DMC and he came out and brained it he came off the bench and played a bit of dummy half and really connected their offense quite well like their attack so he was on for about 15-20 minutes at one point and they scored nearly I think they scored four tries looked unbelievable by all accounts so that's about half the amount of tries we scored in the whole season last year yeah and like I, I think Jake Turpin will still start but it, it's good news for the Broncos like to have another potential 14 um, he's pretty versatile too. I think he actually spent a lot of his time, well, maybe not a lot of his time, but playing quite a bit of time in the halves, um, which is quite good because it's it's just nice to have a bit of cover there if we needed it because Turpin's proven that he can play the 80 if required. But I think it, it might unlock Turpin a bit as well, knowing that he's only going to play like 50 or 60 minutes. He can you know, be a bit more flared, go a bit harder, maybe even relax him, I guess, or put some pressure on him. Yeah. So, no, exciting uh, signs for the Broncos so far. I think a couple of massive signings with Reynolds and Capewell hitting the, hitting the, hitting the Broncos this year. I hate the Broncos, but it's good. It's, we need a Queensland team to make the eight this year because it's looking grim, especially yeah. for the Cowboys, which, yeah. which we'll just touch on. They, they played a trial against the Rabbitohs and won 24-12, and I think that'll be their only win for this year. Yeah, they they are they are going to be stink yeah. unless they, unless they get 2015 version of Chad Townsend, they are going to stink up the whole year. Yeah, but they'd also need 2015 version of Jason Town Malolo as well and Valentine Holmes. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, no. Nah, I reckon they're yeah. going to stink oh, up the I storm. Think, obviously, they won in 16, 15 or 16 when they beat the Bronx in the final. Mm, but since then, that. since then, oh, mate, don't get me started. Since then, obviously, you've had JT retire. Um, oh, Jason Tamalolo signed Morgan, this enormous man. deal and then play well below where we know he can play. Um, Michael Morgan being medically retired. That sucks. Went, he was oh, so good. Mate. And and actually, and I'll tell you who missed him just about as much as North Queensland was the Maroons. Yeah. Massively. Because then we we ended up basically having to to field these like just average first grade centres for Queensland. And, and playing, you know, guys like Kurt Catewell out of position where he's such a good back rower and played well in that one game where he filled in. Yeah, he'd, like I'd, hot, I'd, but he did a reasonable job for what he was asked to do, but it's definitely not our best centre, is yeah. he? So, but yeah, so that was obviously devastating for them. Um, and yeah, it just everything has kind of lined up with all of their good players aging. Gavin Cooper retires. Um, Jake Granville starting to get on in age a bit. Bro, Jake Granville playing fullback last year just hurt my yeah. brain. So, and you know, Cohen Hess is still playing all right, but at the end of the day, like we see with the Broncos, if your best players a prop. Like a front row forward, this is the they way can't they can't carry him. Like Payne Haas, the best prop in the game, he can't carry the Broncos. Yeah. Um, moving on, we're not going to get too into much too much more depressing Queensland football talk. Um, Manly played the West Tigers, uh, the the Dirty Merger Club. So when you hear me refer to DMC, they are the, that's what I'm talking about. So it's them and St George that are a pair of DMCs. Manly played their. F- pretty close to full strength squad for the first 20 and just absolutely pounded these DMC baiters into the earth and then put their kids back on. So I'm not a Manly fan, but I'm all for DMC clubs getting smashed into the earth as well. Tommy Turbo, short odds favourite for Daly M again this year. Yeah, well, that's, it was, that was probably the coolest season I've watched from an individual player ever, at least since Haynes' 09 performance. But even as a Parramatta fan, that Turbo season is probably, for me, the best individual season ever just by a player. Just it? Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and the other game I wanted to touch on was Titans Broncos. Then played just a couple of days ago and had a twenty-six all draw. I saw that. That's disgusting. <laughs> I hate draws. Oh yeah, no one likes draws, do they? Foul. You just grind it out for eighty minutes and get a uh, for no result. That sucks. It's like having a tie or a draw in cricket. Oh, no one needs that. All right, so we'll move on to a, a new segment this week uh, called This or That. So we're going to give each other two things, two thing, you know, comparable kind of topics, and we're going to pick one. So, for let's, example, let's, first one is Zambreros versus Guzman. I think this is a no-brainer, and it's GYG all day. But Zambreros has its place. I don't think it does. But Guzman is superior. What is Zambreros' place? Uh, what does they, it do better? Well, they are a far healthier option than Guzman. If you're getting fast they, food... They, you, they, no, but they offer... Well, it's like Subway. They just offer a, like a fresher option in the cuisine. They have their place. But don't get me wrong. If I'm offered either place, I am going Guzman 10 out of 10. <laughs> if I can get a spicy chicken Cali burrito, I'm never ever thinking of Zambreros. I don't care how much healthier it is. It can fuck off. Fair enough. I'll allow that. The next one, for all those cricket fans out there, Grey Nichols versus Kookaburra. So probably the two biggest brands in Australia, especially while we were growing up. I'll let you assess this one because I don't really have a strong opinion either way. So I I owned a Grey Nick before I owned a Kookaburra. 
my Grainick bat was my favourite bat to that point, and then I bought that Kookaburra recoil that you know all too well about, uh, and it is still one of my favourite bats to this day. So I am going Kookaburra, even though if I was to pick a bat right now, if I was forced to use a Grainick or a Kookaburra and not the R&H bat that I truly love... I would have to go with grey nickels because I think the kookaburra shapes suck nowadays. Yeah. Um, Nostalgic-wise, those punter bats were pretty cool. The Ridgebacks. Yeah. And the Kahunas. Yeah. Th- oh, those baby. designs were cool, but I don't particularly like either brand, to be honest. Like, I have a Grove bat, which is a little bit niche, but the next bat I'll be purchasing is 100% going to be an R&H bat. Best bats on the market. How <laughs> very good. Um, but I'd probably take a grey nick, to be honest. I think they're top-of-the-line bats at least look better. I've never used one. I bat 11 or 12, so I'm never going to spend that money on a on a grey nick. That's very fair. And I can get a better bat from our own H cricket. So. Yeah, probably for half the price too. All right, we'll go to the next topic here. So this is a pretty big debate, especially at our cricket club as well. It takes up about a third of our fridge, the bar fridge at, cr- at cricket. So Great Northern Super Crisp versus Great Northern Original. So I, anyone who knows me even half well knows that I am a craft beer guy if i'm sitting down of an afternoon and just want to relax and watch some tv or sit on the balcony or whatever or over dinner i am a craft beer i'm a pale ale kind of guy thanks andy however yep all introduced by my father (laughs) which is great i've been condemned to paying 70 bucks a slab for the rest of my life which is great no uh far superior beer but that's not uh, not the question that's not the question no after a day of cricket there is nothing that i prefer than a Great Northern Super Crisp. They are the far superior Great Northern beer. They just quench your thirst like nothing else. On a Saturday Arvo, after a day in the dirt, there is nothing that tastes better than a Super Crisp. I couldn't categorically disagree more, mate. Well, that's fine. You're just wrong. No, I'm firmly correct here. Coming off the field... Getting into that change room, singing the song, I'm pounding an original into the ground. No second thought. If I have an option, I'm taking original. I'd take one original over two Super Crisps. Well, that's just silly. It just tastes better. And it's full strength. I'm not a mid-strength beer guy, to be completely honest with you. Like, if I'm... But if you... Look, the difference is 0.9 to 1.1. Like, how even knows the difference, It's the flavour, mate. Then why you bring up the standard drinks thing, then? No, it's just in general. No, like, you're a spud, mate. You're just wrong. There's holes so, in your argument. There's not. Oh, it's, it's just facts. Facts. But in general, like, I'm a bit conflicted. Like, I get, I'll come off the field of cricket and I'll look at the bar and I have no clue what I want to drink. I don't really have a set beer. I generally drink blokes if I have beers at home. But I don't really drink beers at home, to be honest. Yeah. So, so no, I mean, I if, I, if, I, if I go down to cricket for, you know, like a committee meeting or I'm just sitting around the bar, maybe after training... Um, if I haven't been, you know, running around and sweat me ring out, then I'll go, you know, something a bit craftier, something a bit more, you know, how you going. But yeah, after a day of cricket, after sweating it out all day, original Super Crisp is where it's original. at. I, I, I reckon if we took a vote, it'd be Super Crisp over original. I disagree. I reckon uh, if we, we'll put, we'll put a poll up on the Instagram, original versus Super Crisp, let us know your thoughts and then I'll take the victory lap on episode three. Ah, fair enough. All right, the next one. It's quite, this one divides the nation a bit. It's the preferred code of footy. No, we're not talking about Super Rugby. It's AFL versus NRL. Yeah, uh, NRL for me. 
I was an NRL child growing up, but AFL has definitely grown on me. I would love both. NRL is probably the better sport to watch at home, but if you you can if you go to live footy, I'd pick AFL. If you had Fair any rule. No, we I don't go to too many footy games. I go to one NRL game a year, normally up at Suncorp for the double header, which the Broncos play manly, who obviously my partner follows. Shout out Annika, because they never win. At least when they play the Broncos. Yes, we haven't been for the last couple of years, obviously. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next one. This is a bit niche. Uh, timber floor versus carpet. I am firmly timber floor. Now, we... Now, I'll preface this story with... Uh, I am allergic to just about everything under the sun, <laughs> uh, including dust. So, from a very young age, there, uh, there was carpet in the house, uh, back at mum and dad's place. And then it became obvious that that wasn't going to do. So mum and dad ripped all the uh, all the carpet out of the bedrooms and stuff and put down timber floors or at least lino. Oh, not lino, but like, yeah. So the apartment I live in boards. is almost entirely carpet minus the kitchen and bathroom. Yeah, so um, moving into here was the first time that I've lived with carpet floors for ages. And even in saying that, our master bedroom is timber floor still. I think I'd go timber floor as well. I don't really have a strong opinion, but the more I think about it, carpet's a bitch to clean. Timber floors just look great too. Genuine timber floors. Yeah. Can't beat it. No, I'm with you. All right. Next one. Battle of the pets. Cats versus dogs. Cats firmly. Incorrect. That's my opinion, mate. It's wrong. It's No, it's cats every day of the week. No way, mate. Dogs all the way. Nothing against cats. I love all animals, to be honest. Yeah. Except for pelicans. But um, definitely dogs. Preferably, you know, cute Australian dogs. What's your gripe with pelicans, dude? As a five-year-old, this is a little detour. I think it was five or six. We're up at Tin Can Bay visiting my grandparents. Tin Can Bay, <laughs> what a place! Who the hell looked at the town and thought, you know, what would be a great name for this place? Tin, Tin Can, Can Bay. Bay. Why? I don't know. I don't know. You can't, you can't have three words for a suburb. Name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're up up that that kind of area in the world, and we're doing this. We're feeding dolphins with like little fish, and. So I was quite little as a five-year-old, so I had a big head, but this pelican thought that this fish looks good, but this human looks better. So he went to get the fish, or so I thought, and then got pretty much my whole right arm and half of my shoulder in its mouth and was trying to pick me up and eat it. So ever since then, I've had a bit of a gripe with pelicans. Didn't really appreciate that, in all honesty, as a five-year-old. Must have been expensive fish. Oh, I couldn't tell you, man. Cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs> oh. You that's, are welcome. That's hideous. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Moving on quickly from that. Meat pie versus sausage roll. Meat pie. I... Pepper steak meat pie. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, pie. Uh, sausage rolls are good. They have a place. They have a place, but yeah, meat Behind pie. Behind meat pies. Yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. Um, quick one, though. Mushy peas, yes, no. No. Yes. Mm. But... With gravy? On occasion. I don't mind it with gravy. Mm. From your Tala pies. <laughs> oh, your Tala. Oh, one of the great pie establishments. Dickie, Dickie went there for the first time when he came over from over in Wales. And he, when he landed here, we introduced him to that establishment. And he loved it so much, he bought bucket hats from there. Yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure we... Did we drive out to Alveson maybe for a washout or something? Yeah. And, and then we on, the, on the way back, I reckon we all had about five pies each and bought them, sold them out of bucket hats. So, um, next one. Uh, tinny versus stubby. Stubby. It's not close. Um, but I don't understand why 
people buy tinnies by choice. I know you get more beer, but yeah, no, it's so disgusting. I, I am a, it's not disgusting, but you can, you can get a stubby. There is a massive movement with craft beer that a lot of it is now in tins. Yeah, so so like I drink bloke in a bar beers if I have them at yeah. home. So, but they if you've all can. But if you've got the option, there is not a single beer that I know of that is better out of a can than out of a stubby. Oh, I can't think of any. I'm great, trying. Great Northern. Just for stubby. argument's sake. Can't even 4X, remember. even though I don't really drink it too much, stubby. Every time. Great Northern. Way better out of a stubby. Do you know what the worst tinned beer is? 4X. No. BB? Carlton Dry. Oh, well, it's just a shit beer in So general. bad. Why would you go there? All right, moving on. Social media. Instagram versus Facebook. Instagram. All over it. Much yep. better. I tend to agree. I tend, um, it's like an online photo gallery. Yeah. That's my I, thought. I like, think, like a, what's those work, the books that kids do? It's like, like, like it's an online scrapbook of photos. Yeah. No, I, I do like it as well. Um, Facebook gets I, stale. Yeah, it does. Quick. It does. But, and, and I do enjoy sometimes scrolling through Facebook because, uh, sorry, scrolling through Instagram because you don't get the stupid clickbait articles that yeah. you get on Facebook, which just drive me nuts. Um, but Facebook definitely was better at one point. In particular, when you could see when your friend was friends with another friend, oh, you hadn't, you didn't have a childhood really if you didn't comment on uh, on one of your mates becoming friends uh, with normally a female. Uh, and so, just, like, just go to town. So, when our club president Mud, who's a little bit older than us, he's mid forties, pushing fifty, looks sixty. Um, when when he did his shoulder, he's pretty much parked at home. That's when that was in its prime time. I was at university for the. It was my first year of university, so I was meeting a lot of new meeting people. Plenty of new people. Um, uni bars pretty good on used to, Thursday nights. Five dollar tequilas. Oh, you can't go wrong. Um, but every single time I'd add a female, Mud without fail would comment on it. And then once he started, the whole cricket club started, and it was just an endless cycle for about three months straight. Yeah, and then it, was, have, it was toxic. It probably ruined so many prospective relationships. I reckon. Yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm going to go with is why. That happened, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's obviously the reason. Uh, last one we've got scrambled eggs versus poached eggs. Poached, particularly on an eggs Benedict. Yeah, but at home scrambled I only am, because I'm that yeah. lazy. <laughs> yeah, mine I don't think is due to lays laziness. Lays, I am a scrambled eggs fan. I love a big old pile of scrambled eggs. Yeah, over toast or in like a breakfast burrito as well. They're good Just in breakfast so burritos. Good. Speaking of GYG, their breakfast, breakfast burritos, burritos are money. Unrivaled, you might uh, go as far as saying. And one of the many other reasons that they're better than Zambreros. Could not agree more. All right, so that'll do us for this afternoon, guys. So thanks for tuning in again. Um, like I said, if you've got any uh, requests, comments, queries criticisms more than happy to hear criticisms yeah, have a go feel free to hit us up on the instagram page uh or if you're that way inclined send us an email uh we now we've set ourselves up with an email so armchaircritics at outlook.com uh so send any requests through um if you've got any segment ideas or things that you think need to be addressed that are super pressing feel free yeah any suggestions particularly for the uh the overrated underrated yeah, absolutely. So, um, and stay tuned through the week. We will have a, a video segment going up on the Instagram page this week, um, featuring one of our uh, one of our favourite 
guys that we uh, that, we, say, can, that we continue to mention on this podcast. I wouldn't limit it to guys. I'd say humans. Yeah, probably one of, one of the most entertaining guys that uh, we've had the pleasure of spending any amount of time with. Uh, turns out he's got a niche talent, so we're going to you know, Just use display it. it. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys. Until next time, uh, signing off. <laughs>